Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. Let us pray. pray. Father, we come before your throne of heavenly grace today to learn how to live in your will. And we ask, Father, that you guide my sermon today so that my words and their hearing today are in accordance with your will. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Today we're going to talk about the gospel reading, the Beatitudes. And in the Beatitudes, the discussion that Jesus is presenting kingdom living. Kingdom living is what Jesus asks of us. Living like we're in the kingdom. Living like the kingdom of God is here. Not sometime in the future, but is here right now. You notice the present tense. Present tense in the entire uh, reading this morning. The church on earth is temporary, but the church in God is eternal. Now the seminary words are the church militant for the church here on this earth and the church triumphant for the church that's with God. And one day when Jesus returns, these will be one kingdom. That's in the future. For now, the church militant and the church triumphant are separated by a very thin veil. In our gospel today, the Beatitudes, Jesus tells us what it's like to live in the kingdom. Kingdom living is about God. The Beatitudes are part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in which Jesus lays out the virtues and characteristics of life in God's presence. The Beatitudes are a statement of God's grace towards us. His blessing towards us. I realize I'm speaking to a group of folks who for the most part probably have accepted Jesus and are saved by the grace of God. If you don't know Jesus, or if you question, am I really good enough? I'll get to you at the end. But I ask that you listen carefully to what Jesus tells us what good looks like in His kingdom. The first four verses of the Beatitudes, 3-6, through Jesus tells us what good looks like for those who seek God to, to desperate and in some cases horrific circumstances. Blessed are the poor in spirit, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those who confess their spiritual bankruptcy. This in part may refer to a lack financially, but really is specifically addressing the spiritual bankruptcy and the lack of God in their lives. And the ones that turn to God are blessed. This is the tax collector in the temple beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me a sinner. Now many here are not financially poor. But I got to ask, can anyone here say that they are not poor in spirit and in need of God's grace? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. In God's kingdom, you are comforted. Seek God when your loss is too great to bear. The spiritual 
emotional and financial loss resulting from sin should lead to mourning and a longing for God's forgiveness and healing. We've had a large number of brothers and sisters who've lost loved ones recently, um, as I have in the past. And I know my pain is still there. So yours is also. But for me, recognizing that my loved ones are waiting for me across the veil in God's kingdom, feeling their presence in the presence of all saints is a great comfort to me during my time with God. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Gentle, the humble, those focused on trusting God will inherit the earth. By the way, this is the opposite of what the world teaches. Remember, Jesus told us, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Meekness is not the same as peacemakers. And I'm going to talk about that a little later. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. We are naturally horrified by injustice. It offends us to our very core. But God is the source of real, true righteousness. And this draws us to seek Him when we face injustice. Now in these four verses, Jesus tells us the blessing in God's kingdom for those who seek God, the spiritually bankrupt, those who mourn, those unable to defend themselves, and those enduring injustice. Can anybody here not lay claim to at least one? This draws us to Him. The next four verses, Jesus talks about the people who do have a heart for God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Being merciful embraces forgiveness for those who are guilty of sin and compassion for the suffering. Now, I want to make, this one always confused me a little bit, but I want to make it real clear. This is not an indication that you can earn God's mercy by doing good. It's the heart for God that's important. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart are those who are morally unstained, clean and free from duplicity or filth in their relationship with others. Now, this is not a ritual purity, like y'all are here at church today, therefore you're cleansed. It doesn't work that way. Jesus teaches us that purity of heart, a pure focus on God, is the most important thing in every area of life. I'm going to repeat that. Jesus teaches that purity of heart, a pure focus on God, is the most important in every area. Not just while you're in this room, not just while you're sharing a donut with someone at church. When you go to the store, when you go to the restaurant today, you have lunch. How do you treat the waitress? 
Only true cleansing, the only true cleansing is accepting the grace of God through the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. From our epistle today, Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and He freed us from sin. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. This is a messianic peace. This is the Hebrew term shalom. A total well-being, both personally and communally. So let's look at peaceful versus meek. Peaceful people are those who are capable of violence, but because of their love for God, choose not to do that. Now, I want to point out, because I've actually heard this not from this group, but from another group, that some people are worried that their past violence, either through military service or some bad decisions, stain their soul beyond redemption. This is for you. Now, in comparison, meek are those that are unable to defend themselves. Now remember though, they're going to inherit the kingdom of God. And the last verses from the readings today talk about persecution. Persecution for Christ has happened, is happening, and will happen. Those who seek Christ will be persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Persecution will come from living for the sake of righteousness. We are living in a post-Christian America. Remember Jesus' words here. Now, has anyone noticed that the term blessed is used? Not will be blessed, but blessed. Present tense. God's grace or blessing is upon those who seek Him now, not in the future. The entire gospel message is about God's kingdom and living in it. What it looks like, what good looks like. Here Jesus is telling us a simple truth. The kingdom of God is at hand. And this is how it looks. In the present tense, not the future tense. And I want you to let that sink in for a little bit. The kingdom of God is here right now. It's not some far off future event. It is here. It is now. The kingdom in this world are separated by a very thin veil. But the kingdom exists. Now. I described earlier the church on this earth as the church militant and the kingdom of God as a church triumphant. 
They both exist in present form right now. And they're separated by a very thin veil. We interconnect with the kingdom during our communal worship. There's many items that we look at that remind us of Christ in this church. And those things have deep meaning. They're special. They feel special. Our church, for example, is set up with communion kneelers. We symbolically separate the physical world, the church militant, with the symbolic church triumphant. And when you come to receive communion, you spiritually approach the throne of heavenly grace and you extend your hands beyond this world to receive Christ, to receive His grace. God requires us to worship as a community of believers. This place is dedicated to God. And with you here, this place, this building that's dedicated to God is a church. Jesus taught, where two or more are present, I am with you. During prayer, your prayer time, group prayer, we actually connect to the kingdom spiritually. We can feel the connection. We can feel God's presence. During Bible study, we also connect to the kingdom. Anytime we seek God with our hearts, we're connected to Him. We're connected to His kingdom. So how many of you here have become so emotional at God's presence during worship, prayer, or study that you tear up? I got one, yes. <laughs> Two. I'm, I'm, it's okay, it's rhetorical. <laughs> Thank you, though. That they're tears, not of anger or sadness, but of joy. Maybe personal Bible study. Maybe kneeling in prayer and talking to God. And just, you feel it. There's a word for that. And it's a Latin word, beatus. This is where beatitude comes from. Blessed, happy, a deep, profound joy. Hence the beatitudes are explaining the joy of the kingdom in heaven. This is the little glimpse that you get to see, that God allows you to see of the kingdom. Embrace it. Now I know most of the guys here are going, you know, I'm tough, I don't do that stuff. But that's not true. I've watched Bob Bledsoe up here at the lectern reading the epistle, barely able to get through it because the tears are flowing so hard. I've done it myself. Now, one day, we will all feel that joy at once. When the church militant and the church triumphant join at Christ's return, we're going to feel that joy. For those I mentioned earlier who don't know Jesus, or you question if you're good enough, I want to be crystal clear. No one, not a single person here, 
is good enough. No one without God's grace. Jesus has His hand out to you. All you have to do is accept His gift. His gift of His love for you. Accept Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If you get a chance, go back and reread Micah from today. O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what He requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Let us pray. Father, we ask today as we approach Your throne of heavenly grace that You show where in our lives we fall short of the true kingdom living. And send Your Holy Spirit to guide us to the true path of righteousness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.